you're with us for the very first time, we're starting a brand new series called This Is Us. How many of you guys, you're, in just a few weeks, you're going to turn your TV on, you're going to be watching the series This Is Us. Where are all my This Is Users are at? Now, yeah, a lot of you guys in here today, and some of you guys are like, some of, some of you guys, you were afraid to raise your hand because you're like, that's so girly. <laughs> but some of you guys are closet This Is Us fans. You're, let's be honest, you're at home watching them. I refuse to watch it. I refuse to watch this show. I'm like, this show is so lame. And here's what I've learned about the show This Is Us. If you haven't watched yet, go out and watch it. You can see if you can make the decision whether you like it or not. Um, one of the, what happens, though, is there's, I did watch the very first episode, the, or I think the very first episode of the first season. There's a set of triplets, and when the mom is giving birth to the triplets, one dies. And there's a, another little boy in the, in the hospital, and they adopt that little boy before he ever leaves the hospital. So they have these, the, the one that, was, that, that died, the mom and dad adopted this third one. So they actually grow up the whole life with these triplets. And as they grow up, we go back and forth and we watch the lives of these three little boys. Now here's what I'm finding out the most about the show. Is I've watched people watch this show. And what I have seen is a lot of people are identifying with these characters. Or these actors, if you will. I see that happening. And what I also realize is this. Is that as they're watching those people... They're really working through their own life. A lot of people are working through their own life. And they're like, you know, is this me? Is this not me? And they're trying to figure out kind of where they, where they fit in with this whole this dynamic. Where it leaves you at is this, is that people are so consumed with this show that they really want to know who they're supposed to be. And so I, I don't know the numbers, but I would simply guess this. I would guess there are a lot of people out now because of this show, they find themselves... And, 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 and psychologist offices or counselor's offices because they're like, man, I, I'm just realizing there's a lot of things in my life that I didn't really know. I had, call, I had ice cream last night, late at night with, with a friend of mine last night, and I was telling him, I, I believe a lot of people, what I'm, what I'm seeing about this, I don't know if this is just me. I, I've only lived to the time that I've lived, which is, which is now, I'm, I just turned 37, but I kind of feel like this. A lot of people are figuring out their baggage, what kind of baggage they have, they're finding that out at about 35 years of age, 30 years old, 36, maybe 40, maybe 50. Because at some point in your life, you're like, I'm not okay with where I'm at. And you start to, you start to look back a little bit. And so, that's better. I, I, this past week, I went and I, 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 was, I called a friend of mine up and, and um, I said, hey, I, I need to go see a counselor. Here's why I went and saw the counselor. Here's what I'm telling you. You guys are like, this guy needs help. I find my, here's where I'm at. Here's, this is me. I find myself helping so many people that I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm okay. I want to make sure that I'm doing, I want to make sure that I'm doing, I'm fine or that I'm, that I'm okay. Because when you're consumed helping so many people, you forget about yourself. Now, here, you have two options in this, in this context or in this situation you can get consumed with who you're supposed to be and be inside yourself. Or you can look to this book and you can figure out who you're called to be and what you're supposed to be. Because the danger is you can go somewhere and that person that you go and see, they will begin to tell you who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to become. And I just believe this, that inside this book, there's a lot to find out about us. I, I really feel like this book, this book should be this, this is us. There, there's something in this book that can lead us down a path into a direction, a trajectory, if you will, that will actually help us find out who we're actually called to be and where we're supposed to go 
and what we're supposed to do. I just believe this book, I believe this book holds that. And so if you know anything about, about us or anything about this church, you know every single week we say we, we have a mission. Our mission is to love all people at all times and all places. And that's very, that's very outward thinking. That's not about you. That's not about, it's not about you and it's not about yourself and it's not about taking care of you and it's not about what you want and how you feel. And it's really outward focused. Because I feel like the more I read this Bible, we, the, the story's not about us. The story's about Jesus and how he redeems humanity. But one of the things I realize about Jesus is that Jesus, he goes out. He's not really consumed with himself so much. He's really consumed with humanity. That's us. That, that should be us. That should be Hope Church. Hope Church should be consumed with, with loving all people at all times, all places. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that's what, he, that's what he went out and did. Or we can stay at home and we can try to figure out us. By the world standard. Or we can go out and be who God's called us to be. And so we go with our mission statement. We go from our mission, and from our mission we go to our, to our vision. And we want to help people know who God is. That's what we want. Because if you know who God is, you'll know who you're supposed to be. You'll figure that part out. That part will come to yourself. So we want to help people know God. And then once they know who God is, they come to an experience like this. Or they run to someone like you out in the community. When you, when you leave today or when you're walking around throughout the community, we have these cards right here that you could that you grab and says, do you want to know God? Because at the end of the day, we want people to know who God is. Do you want to know who God is? And it lets them know that they got to, how they can find a relationship with Jesus Christ, but also says how they can get a hold of us, how they can show up, and how they can come be a part of this thing, or, or how they can go to our website and then find an email address, and they can email info, and they can, they can come back to us or go to our social media accounts, and they can DM us. We've talked to so many people, like, hey, I need help. It comes through a DM or through a Facebook message. So they, it points them back to us because once they figure out who God is, then once they know who God is, we want them to know how they can find freedom. And that, ha- that happens in the context of relationships. That happens in the context of relationship. That's how we find, that's how you and I, we find freedom is in the, through the context of relationship. The, the book of James says, hey, you got to talk to some brothers. Like, you, you confess to God, but make sure you talk to some brothers or some sisters because they can help you get down the right path. All of our groups are filling up. If you're not in a group, get in a group. We, we, don't, we don't turn anybody away, but we're about to. Um, they're filling up. Next season, Dine's like, we have to have more groups. We want people to find freedom. It happens in the context of relationships. If you're a female in here, go to a female group. If you're a male in here today, go to a male group. If morning doesn't work, go at night. If night doesn't work, go in the morning. If you like hanging out with other people, like go to, go, to, go to a co-ed group. Like go find a group. Jump in one. We have a financial peace class that's happening. Um, that's happening. You could go, go to financial peace class. Like that's, maybe you need freedom in finances. Like maybe you need freedom in relationships and do that. You, it happens in the context of relationships. And then we go from there. We, wanted to, we want you to discover your purpose. There's two important days in a person's life. The day that they were born and the day they figure out why. We want you to discover your purpose. Your purpose is not to wake up and do a 9 to 5 every single day. I told Rotary a few weeks ago, and the biggest God in America, the biggest God in Winter Garden is not God, the creator of the universe. The biggest God in Winter Garden is kids. It's people's kids. That's the biggest God in Winter Garden. You can tell because every school is overflown, is overflowing. Not only is that, you can go to every sports league. Every, sport le- every sports league is filled up. Not only that, everybody thinks their kids can be the point zero one percent that's going to make it into the next, to the next level. If you don't discover your purposes, here's, here's, a, here's a danger, moms and dads in here today, future moms and dads, next Tuesday. Some of you guys in here today, if you don't discover your purpose, you'll think you're, you'll have to find your purpose in your child. Or you're, you, you have to live vicariously. I see this all the time. 
I see so many people, so many adults, they're living vicariously through their kids. And it stinks because now you don't know who you're supposed to be and now your kid doesn't know who they're supposed to be. So you, so that's why it's important that you find freedom because if you don't find freedom, then you'll, you'll, you'll project your, your, your situation into your kid's life and they don't, they won't know who they're supposed to be. But we don't want that for anybody. Discover purpose. And I want you to go out and make a difference. You saw that, that the bumper, the, the video that we, that, I, that we, I don't, you guys don't call it bumper, only, talk, only in church where we call it a bumper video, but it's a video that sets up before I walk up and talk. That video, it's about going out and making a difference. That's what it's about. It's about going and doing. Because God has called, you know, the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, for by grace, you, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. What that means is you're saved by grace. You don't have to earn salvation. After salvation, the Bible says that you, you didn't earn that. You didn't earn that. That's just point blank. He says it's not, it's not about works. You can't work your way to heaven. That's not going to get you to heaven. Because I know a lot of good people out there, but that doesn't get you, being good doesn't get you to heaven. I mean, some people say, hey, are you going to heaven? Yeah, I'm, I'm a really good person. I do a lot of good things. I'm, a, I'm in Rotary, but Rotary's not going to get me to heaven. This week I got a phone call. Diane and I were uh, get, get catching a little bit of a, a break and a little, bit of, a little bit of rest for the last few days, and I got a phone call from a friend of mine. She's like, hey, we really need you on the um, Habitat for Humanity board. I can join every board in, 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 in Winter Garden, but that doesn't get me to heaven. I can pick up everybody that needs gas on the road. That doesn't get me to heaven. A few weeks ago I saw a mom and her little kid chasing after the bus. She's got her three- or four-year-old. She's running. I pull around, do a U-turn. I don't normally typically do this, but she, she was there with the, it was two people. It wasn't just one person. And I said, um, I said, hey, do you all need some help? I said, can I catch you guys up to the bus? Like, I wouldn't trust a guy who looks like me. My beard was a little bit longer than Matt. I was like, I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't trust this guy. You guys look, this guy looks rough. Like, why would, she got in. I, I said, hey, how far are you going? She's like, I'm just going two or three miles up the road. I said, I'm not going to catch you up the bus. I'm going to get you there. I can do all the good things in the world, but that's not going to get me to heaven. But we're called to go out and make a difference. The reason why we go out and make a difference is because Jesus says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that God's prepared a work for us to go out and do. So, so many people are like, for by grace you're saved through faith. Awesome. Not of works. It's not about that, Wes. But once you're saved, you're supposed to go out and serve. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go help and help more people know who God is and find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, rinse and repeat. You're supposed to go, once you've learned it, you're supposed to go out and do those same exact things. This is us. This, is, this right here, this is us. Our mission plus our vision, this is us. That's what we're supposed to do. And we get all that in the context of this book that we call the Bible. If you have a Bible, look at Matthew chapter 9 for just a few moments this morning. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. A very popular... Um, a very popular text. What I like about this text is that there's so much going on in this text. Jesus is doing so many incredible things. And I want to unpack it for you for a little bit. In Matthew chapter 9, if you have a Bible, um, in the very first part of that, Matthew chapter, chapter 9, um, Jesus heals a paralyzed man right, off the, right out of the gate. Like, Jesus is out to make sure people know who God is. Like, they have problems, but he's like, you, you, I know you have problems, but you need to know who God is. Like, I know you have issues. Like, I know you have, I know financial problems are real and relationship problems are real. I know because I spent a lot of time dealing with people who have those issues and because we all have those kind of issues. I told you guys a few weeks ago, I was talking to a pastor and he's like, what do you do all week? I said, I said, I help people. He said, that sounds exhausting. I said, isn't that what we signed up for? I'm, I'm not going to go to bed at night and not make a difference because God called me to go out and make a difference. I don't want to wake up and go to bed at night and say, man, Trip goes, dad, you're a good dude. I'm not giving you five bucks for that. I was repeating you. He's like, dad, you're a good dude. I want to set an example. I want to set an example for my, for my kids. I don't want to preach about making a difference, but then not go, not go out and do it. 
there's enough of those pastors in America that are saying one thing but doing, an opposite, doing the opposite thing. I want to go out and I want to I make a difference. So Jesus goes out and he, he heals a paralyzed man. Right after that, we see the next, the next paragraph this, of this part of the scripture, next part. Um, Jesus calls Matthew. He's calling some disciples. He's healing people. He's calling people. He's healing people. He's calling people. He's helping people and he's making disciples. He's helping people and he's making disciples. If you want a good rhythm for life, a friend of mine started a church called Rhythm Church. Uh, Annie and Ryan, I was with them this past week in the airport for a couple of hours. If you want to make a difference, go help some people and make some disciples. And help some people and make some disciples. It's not really hard. So many people get so confused on what they're supposed to do. I was talking to Wit out the tent just a few moments ago, and this is us. We're talking about this mission, this vision. She, man, she, she loves to, to love people, but that love should connect people to who Jesus is. And she was talking to a friend of ours this week, and she said, hey, it's the Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing. You need Jesus. And so go talk about Jesus and help some people. And help, talk about Jesus and, and help some people. And talk about Jesus and, and, and help some people. Help some people and make disciples. That's what Jesus calls you and I to do. So we go on a little bit further, and Jesus heals uh, a young little girl. He preaches for a little bit. He talks about fasting for a few moments in this, in this text. And a little bit later, he heals this, uh, he, he, the Bible says he heals in response to faith. This little girl was sick, and her dad says, hey, can you go heal my daughter? She dies, and Jesus says, Jesus says to the dad, hey, your faith healed her. Like, you believe that I can heal her? She's healed. Which means, that, which I need to say to you guys today as a community, like some of us in here today, our healing, is, our healing is, is attached to our faith. I was talking with a friend of mine this week. He, he serves at Convoy of Hope, and he said, you know, he was talking about his life, and Donnie goes, run that back. Tell me what happened. We got diagnosed with cancer, a very, 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 very rare, rare, rare cancer. And he said, that the, he walked in, he told the doctor, he said, doc, gives him, gives him diagnosis, tells him this is what's going to happen, and he says, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. He goes, why don't you go? And he said, my doctor, was, wasn't, he wasn't a believer. So, but he says to the guy, I know you're one of those Christians, so you go and pray about it. And he said to the doctor, is, would you let, would you rec, would you, they've only had this, this, only four cases like this, he was telling us. Only treated four cases. He goes, if, if, he goes, if I was your son, would you recommend this to me? And he goes, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend this if, if you were my son. And he says, I'm going to do it. He said, but I'm going to pray also. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this, and I'm going, to, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to take some medicine. I'm going to pray. I think sometimes we, God's trying to build our faith. He goes, you know what happened? He goes, whether God healed me or not, he did build my faith. Man, what a, what a testimony. I want to have that kind of testimony. Yeah? Whether God does what I need him to do or not, my faith's going to get bigger. He said, my faith got bigger. He goes, it happened that he healed me also, but if he didn't heal me, my faith got bigger. He goes, my 10-year-old daughter, she journaled through this whole entire series. It built her faith. It built my little, my, little, my little son's faith. He goes, it built my wife's faith. It built a community in our city. It built their faith. And then we come into uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible says this, that after Jesus leaves that girl's little home, two blind men followed along before, behind him, and they were shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They're blind, and they're following Jesus. And I think the reason why it was easy for them to follow Jesus is because everywhere Jesus went, there was a lot of people who were following him. And I just believe it's about church and about us. If we start following Jesus and we start making a big deal about Jesus, people want to start following us too because we see it in the Bible. If Jesus is a big deal to us on our social media, people are going to want to follow us. If Jesus is a big deal to us in our community, people are going to want to follow us. If Jesus is a big deal to us at our work, people are going to want to follow us because we see that in Scripture. Verse 28, they went right into the house where they were staying, and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Do you, do you, do you believe that I can heal you? A.K.A., do you want to know who God is? Do you want to know who God is? Do you want, do you want to see how powerful this God is that I'm talking about? Do you, do you know God? 
Jesus said, this is us. We, we know God. Do you want to know the God that we know? This is us. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes and he said, because of your faith, they said, yes, because of your faith, I mean, he touched their eyes and he said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, the Bible said, and they could see Jesus. Jesus sternly warned them. He says, hey, guys, don't tell anyone about this. Now, this sounds contrary to popular belief because you're like, bro, you're telling us to go out and tell people to know who God is. And, and you said our vision comes from the Bible. Jesus said, don't go tell anybody. Don't go tell anybody about what you saw. But instead, I love when the word but is in the Bible, but instead, these guys are like, yo, we got to tell somebody. We're going to tell someone. If you know who God is, you want to go out and you want to tell somebody. If he changed your life, you want to go out and you want to tell somebody. If you get a gift, you want to go share that gift and show that gift with people. If you get Jesus Christ as your Savior, you want to go out and tell somebody. Yo, do you want to know who God is? He changed my life. Do you want your life changed? You guys see people every single day. They need their life changed, but they don't know how to have their life changed. You know how your life was changed. Are you telling people? Or you're like, well, no, Wes, I'm not. I'm very biblical, Wes. The Bible says don't go out and tell anybody. <laughs> it's funny sometimes that we do the things that the Bible says not to do, and then sometimes we don't do things that it says to go out and do. We, we, we get them mixed up sometimes. You're not supposed to do that. Okay, I'm going to go out and do that. I heard John Piper say this this week. Um, he says, this song's called Rebellion. He says, if you want to be rebellious, rebellious, don't go out and sleep around. He said, everyone's doing that. <laughs> he said, don't go out and do drugs. He goes, everyone's doing that. Don't, he said, he said this, this is so powerful. I've heard this song a thousand times. He goes, if you want to be rebellious, read the Bible. No one's doing that. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? John Piper, you are a slayer. Like, dude, read the Bible. You want to be rebellious? Read the Bible. Like, you, if you know who God is, then don't go, living, don't go looking like the rest of the world. Look different. If you know who God is, you'll look different. Do it differently. Read the Bible. This verse says that Jesus went out and he healed those people. And they're like, yo. They went out and they spread the fame all over the region. Is Jesus famous to you? I mean, he saved your life. He's got several major holidays named after him. Like, is he a big, is he famous to you? He's famous to me. There was a day when I was a young preacher. I'm like, I want to meet these, these pastors. And I realized, well, they serve the same God I do. When I was younger, I used, I remember, this, this is going to date me. I remember one time the New York Knicks, my, my uncle was friends with the New York Knicks, and they were coming to, they were coming to the Omni Hotel. I don't even know if the Omni, Omni Hotel anymore, but I remember seeing Charles Barkley and, 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 all, and uh, some of these great, or Patrick Ewing and, 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 and all these, like, major New York plays and, and uh, Starks, the point guard way back then. I'm, like, making sure I'm, like, really, really old. And I was like, these, they were so famous. And I got older, I realized, man, Jesus, I'd be more famous than these guys. These guys aren't down the cross for my sins. They didn't change my life. They didn't pick me up when I was broken. They didn't put me together when I was falling apart. Jesus did that. I know who God is. They're not famous to me anymore. I see people on social media say, man, I just wish that concert would come back in the, I wish that concert would come back into town. I'm like, you wish a concert would come back into town to make you better? Jesus can fix you. I wish I could make the next million. That's going to help me. It's not going to help you. Only knowing Jesus can help you. It changed your life. And what do they do? They went out and they told everybody what had happened. And his fame spread all over the region. Verse 32, 
Then they left, and a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. These two guys barge in the house. They were blind. Jesus helps them. And then another guy barges in his house, and he says to them, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. When you encounter Jesus, and you start following Jesus, and you start doing the things that the, of, the, of the Bible and of Jesus, people are going to be amazed. They're going to want to follow you. Is anybody following you? When I, when I go to downtown Winter Garden, I always stop in and see Irene and Ashley. They, they cut hair at Vintage Salon. I can't recommend them because this is what I'm working with. They, did, they, both have, they both have volunteered to put extensions in my beard, though. No, that was weird. I don't know. Can I get some thicker eyelashes or something? <laughs> I go in there, and every time I go in there, you see one of these cards that says, Hope Starts Here. Or one of these cards that says, Do you want to know God? I love that. And they go, We were just talking about church. Because church is a gateway to help people know who God is. We were just talking about church. What, what church is that? I get out of the truck today at the gas station. And the guy goes, yo, I like that. I like that hope. Of course you, because hope can change your life. And lost people know that. We have God. We have the most famous, per- we have a relationship with the most famous person that ever lived. I walked into Rotary a few weeks ago, and like, they, get, they let me speak for 15 minutes. <laughs> They're like, you can't talk about religion. I'm like, it's funny, you, we open up with prayer, but we can't talk about religion. Is that weird or not? Is that just me? I don't know, you know? And I get out there and I say, you know, I love, I'm glad you invited me today. I said, my product has been around longer than any other product in the world. And I go, it, it, it has, its, it, I mean, it has its own labels and it's, it's a, its own genre. It has a book that they wrote. Most copies most translated languages in the world. I, I said, that's, that's what I'm, I'm representing him. The God we pray to, I'm representing him. I'm part of his brand. They were like, you freaking jerk. I'm like, you invited me. I mean, I pay dues. And I've been here for two years. I can't wait till I get to not speak next time. <laughs> that was it. I'm like, I might as well go out with a bang. I want to, I know who God is. Why wouldn't I share that? I was blind, but now I see. I had a lot more issues than I do now, and then God fixed them. And I'm still in process until we get to heaven. So the tension for you and I today, the Bible says that um, verse 34, I'm just going to don't know what the next part says, but verse 34 says, the Pharisees said this, he can cast out demons because he, he's empowered by the prince of demons. Then the people who know the Bible but didn't believe the author of the Bible, then they chime in. Then they chime. Now they want to. Now they want to say, "Well, here's how we could do that." He just, he's demon possessed. Now he's the ruler of the universe. He set the stars in motion. He saved all of humanity in his position on and off the cross. He changed the world. So here's the tension for you and I. Verse 35 says this: Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, and he was teaching the synagogues and he was announcing the good news in the kingdom of God, like he was telling everybody, hey, heaven's coming. Verse, uh, that next part, that he, he healed every kind of disease and every kind of illness. There isn't a disease that Jesus can't heal. Can I tell you the biggest disease in America, though, is a bad spirit. So your situation may not change, but your spirit needs to change. 
the greatest disease. Uh, my sister sent me this post the other day, and she, she, there was this person, she's married, she's a motivational speaker, and she said this. It was very powerful, Diana, for you and I, I think. <laughs> he said this. It's the, the, the thing said this. Chase, I look at Diana, and she's like, watch it. Chase is like, this guy's stupid. <laughs> After 15 years, you just ask for permission. I'm just kidding. And it said this. This is good for everybody here today. Whether you're married, single, whatever. They said, they said this, um, the lady said that whoever has the best attitude that day, they get to leave. That's practical. That's good, right? Because there are days, there are days when I wake up and I've got a bad attitude and I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be leading. And there are days, I know you're like, well, how does Diane ever have a bad attitude? There are days, believe it or not. Because <laughs> she's human. Because I'm human. So the post said, every day we take turns being the leader because <laughs> we go back and forth. So here's, so let, let's try to get there. He says here, he healed every kind of disease, every kind of sickness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on because they were, they were confused and helpless. I meet so many people who are confused and helpless. Like sheep without the shepherd. Now here's the tension. Here's, here's where you, you and I got to listen in and lean in a little bit. Verse 37 says this. He said to his disciples, the guys that were the closest to them, the guys that are supposed to be out inviting people, hope starts here, and, and church can't change your life, but coming to church and meeting Jesus, then he can change your life. And, and this is the gateway to this. We want people to really know who God is. We don't want them to know who church is because church can't change your life. I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, are you guys denominational? I'm like, no, we're not a denomination. We're not even non-denominational because even non-denominational means that you're a denomination. <laughs> We're a Jesus church. It preaches the Bible. All of it. Genesis through Revelation. It's all inspired. The word inspired, the Greek word for that, it means it was God breathed. That means it was God breathed. Like God breathed into the, like what is it, how did it get there? What, it was breathed into man's ears and their hearts. It's inspired. God inspired it. He says here to the guys, hey guys, your mission, your vision, he says, guys, the harvest is really good. There's like this really big heart. There's a, like no one, extreme version, I teach this in marriage counseling, don't say words like always and never. But basically no one's, no one knows who Jesus is. Like the harvest is, is huge. Like the, there's so many people in Winter Garden who don't know who Jesus is that you got a tall order. You got to get to work. You got to like, we got to invite everyone. Thousands of churches close every single year. You got a work to do. And if the churches are supposed to be the people that develop the disciples, that help the people find the freedom, if that's their job is to make disciples and all the churches are closing down, then that means there are less disciples. That's what this says. The harvest is great. The problem is there's not many. And then it says, but the laborers, they're... The workers, they're few. I went KJV on you guys, laborers. The, la the workers are few. There's only a few of them. One church for every thousand people in America today. Thousands close. The good news is that thousands start, but we're still losing ground. It's why we support, why we support things that we support. We want to plant churches. We have to plant churches. Or the world dies and goes to hell. And it's not okay on our watch. We didn't start churches so we could be comfortable and hang out. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. 
he said, um, he said, we, we've grown 200 people, but no one's doing anything. He goes, and that 200 people is like, there's like 10 new dream teamers. I said, well, that's embarrassing. I said, why do you think that is? He goes, everyone's comfortable in our church. I realize people, I, I've, I've watched people leave our church when I find out why they leave, mostly leave because they're uncomfortable. Not because we take, not because we're out of control. It's because you don't want to be the guy in the room. This is my personal type. You don't want to be the guy in the room that's never ever picked a piece of pipe and drape <laughs> or moved a stage. Like you don't, that's annoying. It's annoying to come to church and say, hey, we're supposed to go out and, and know who God is. And once we know who God is, we're supposed to help people find freedom. We're supposed to help people discover their next steps. We're supposed to, people to help people discover their purpose. We're supposed to help them go out and make a difference. We're supposed to raise money. We're supposed to go out and do things in the community. We're supposed to go out and we're supposed to give. We're supposed to go out and serve. We're, we just joined up with Convoy of Hope last week. They feed millions of people every single year. We, we get a part of that. If you're not being a part of that, you're like, why would I want to be at that church? It's annoying. They're always talking about helping people. I found this. I always get better when I'm helping other people. It makes me realize how, how, how blessed I am, how further along than I, than I thought I was. We want to help people know who God is, church. And the Bible says there's not many people that are out helping us do that. We want people to know who God is. Because if they, we don't, like, you never talk about hell at church. Well, here it is. If we don't tell people about Jesus, they die and go to hell. And hell is forever. Hell's forever. You want to you know what forever means? It's like trying to figure out where the hurricane's going. <laughs> it's just taking forever. It's just not. It's forever. A friend of mine said to me, he met Jesus, when he met Jesus, the way he met Jesus was this. He said, um, I was in the mountains of North Carolina and my, the, my friend who was witnessing to me, he was Jewish, my friend who was witnessing to me said this, you see all these leaves? He said, yeah. He said, each one of those leaves that you see on the ground, he goes, how many of them? He goes, I don't know. He goes, if each of those leaves were to equal a thousand years, that's how long forever is. It's constant burning forever and ever. And it's in the book, it's in the book. There's only a few workers so, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Can I be honest with you today? Sometimes you don't need to pray about whether or not you want to help people not go to hell. <laughs> like, I'm down with the whole book. Like, I'm totally down with it. I'm into all of it. But like, you don't got to pray whether or not you're going to invite your neighbor to come to hear about Jesus. You don't have to pray whether or not your company, care what you do, if you're CEO, CFO, or you're the chief trash picker-upper. Like, you don't have to pray about whether or not you should help someone meet Jesus. You don't, you don't have to pray about that. You don't have to pray. You don't have to pray whether or not you should live your life the right kind of way. You, should, you, don't, you don't have to pray whether or not you should love people or not. You don't have to pray about that. You don't have to pray about that. So in our church, we have a mission is to love, it's our, our mission is to love all people at all times and all places. Our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and to go out and make a difference. A lady said to me, I like your church. Because you guys are always like saying, read the Bible and pray and serve and help people. I said, isn't that every church? And she says, not the one I came from. 
we want you to be uncomfortable because the Bible is very uncomfortable. We want you to go out and help us reach the city. This is us. This is us. So we have a mission and we have a vision and we have some culture statements. I want to give you two of them and they'll be done today. The first one is this, is we make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. Can I tell you what's fun? Last week, the volleys was so much fun. The volleys was a blast. It's fun. We have a birthday coming up. It'll be fun. We set confettis off in church. That's fun. Football Sunday, that's fun. It should be fun. What I find is this. There are some people that come every single Saturday night. You wonder why they come Saturday nights? Because we're fun to be around. We want to make it fun to go to church. Because I think this, things that are life-giving are fun. Funerals are not fun. Church should be fun. I was with my friend last night at McDonald's by our house. And next to McDonald's is this Latino hip-hop bar club thing. And he's like, you want to go next door? I'm like, do you speak Spanish? And kids are walking over. The world is offering fun. Shouldn't we? Can I tell you what's fun? To see people go from death to life. That's fun for me. You know what's fun for me? Baptizing people. That's fun for me. Seeing people serve, giving for the first time, helping people, that's fun to me. That's, that's a blast. Seeing people commit their life to Christ, that's fun. Seeing people find freedom. Seeing people who come to church and like, you know, they've tried everything. They can't figure out a way to get rid of their depression. They can't figure a way to get, away, get, get rid of their anxiety. Seeing those people come and, and have fun, like, that's fun to me. That's a game changer. We make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church. That's part of our culture. That's what we do. And the second thing I wrote down is this. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people. So bring your idea. Bring to the table. Bring what you got. Like we want to, we want to reach people. It's funny that in the world today, Everyone is out to do anything they can to get people to sin. We're the church. We should be doing everything possible so that they can get away from their sins. We should be reaching more people. Jesus healed on the Sabbath because he was willing to do anything. Jesus was willing to go see that woman at the well when there was no other guys around to go sit next to a promiscuous woman. The woman who was who, her, her living, she made by selling herself. He was willing to go sit by her, and he was willing in, in a public place to go sit next to her. He was willing to do anything short of sin to reach people. That's what he was willing to do. The next guy that runs out is a guy demon-possessed. He was willing to reach that guy. He was willing to touch the person who had the leprosy. So they could be healed again. He was willing to do anything short of sin. He was all about reaching the lost people. We've got to get, be the same exact way. This is us. This is us, friends. We want people to know who God is. It's going to have to be inside of us. 
we're going to have to make a commitment to it. Once we make a commitment to it, you don't, you don't have to pray about this, but you can pray about it if you want to and make a commitment and then go on and do it. we got to leave here today on mission. We're not going to be the church in the city where everybody's comfortable because it feels good in here. Like we want to be the church where people come in and they're encouraged and they're high-fived and they're hugged. And this is a very encouraging environment. One of, our, one, of our other, one of our other cultures is we encourage people, you got to come next week to get that one. But we want to encourage people. Of course we do. But we want to go on. We want to reach this city. I got invited recently. I'm done. You guys can come up. I'm done is like code for one more story. I got invited to go to a, a business this week and, and give a devotion. I love, going to, I love going to businesses and giving devotions. And um, if you have a business... I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking to help you. And I love going to those businesses and speaking to those businesses. Because people want to make a difference. And I want to, I want to attach them to something that's worth their while making a difference. And I was able to tell them, hey, listen, our church, the one that I'm, that I'm you can come if you want and join our, join our mission and our vision. But you can make a difference where you're at. Everyone can, can, can reach out to someone. Everyone can love on someone. Everyone can be kind. But that kindness ought to lead, lead that person into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the end game. The end game is relationship with Jesus Christ. 